Hi, uh, welcome to Totally Underqualified. Where we talk about various topics of adulthood and how totally underqualified we are to do them. Hello and welcome to episode 12, episode 2, season 2. Yeah, we're just sort of wrapping our heads around the numbers right now. Yeah. Today we're going to talk about flying uh, on a plane or I guess helicopter, but I've never done that. Mm. Yeah, so we mentioned last week that there were a couple of things we were looking forward to, and one of those things was travel. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I briefly mentioned I was dealing with a fear of flying, because I'm due to get on a flight very soon. And we thought it might be interesting just to take a look at travel via the air. Yeah, but I saw a meme. I saw, I saw a Twitter screenshot that I thought was funny. It said, for me, being chill is getting to the airport three hours before takeoff so I can sit in a restaurant directly across from my gate and be anxious about missing my flight from there. So that was also yeah. slightly inspirational for this one. Correct. <laughs> these, I think these are feelings that we, we both kind of relate to a little bit. Yes. Yeah. I so. think we both. So, yeah. Uh, do we fly often? Well, I mean, in fairness, not in the last few years. No. <laughs> um, but I did used to fly an awful lot. Yeah. No, I mean, me as well, at least once or oh, at least twice a year, I would be on a plane. Yeah. And I was very much in the same kettle of fish. Yeah. Um, but I mean, obviously, we grew up flying as well. You moved around the world. Your um, dad was a pilot. My dad used to be a pilot. So <laughs> I did a lot of flying. Um <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I feel like I need to be getting back into it. It's not the cheapest way to travel. I find it quite difficult. And not so the I... most environmentally friendly way to travel. No, exactly. So I haven't really done it a huge amount lately. I've been sort of trying to find alternative ways, like taking the train. Plus, or... it's also just been impossible. And it's been <laughs> nigh impossible. Because I've been I've been holding off on my flying for the past two years because of the environment. <laughs> yes, of course mm-hmm. you have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent news, Bob. It's so good to know that you're a proper global citizen these days. Um. <laughs> yeah no so flying used to do it quite a lot used to do it a lot with my family mm-hmm. um but I also used to do it quite a lot with um just friends or on my own I don't know about you um I mean up until I was 14 I would fly a lot by myself I mean with my family but then from 14 onwards I did a lot of alone flying like actually on your own yeah, yeah, yeah going with mates no no like on my own like this was be if I were to go from like Uganda to Holland for holiday oh yeah, um, yeah I okay. would get a lot I, I would usually go a little bit earlier than my family because I wanted to go to Holland and see mm. you guys um stuff like that so you'd be I'd be helped onto a plane and at that time I think uh there was no you didn't have to be like accompanied yet to the gate or whatever you could just well it also own. depends what age you are because i think it's from oh. 12 and under you need an um. unaccompanied minor thing but it's different for every airline yeah i think klm recently inc- increased anyway but, yeah um, because i remember distinctly after i turned 16 i used to travel with one of my brothers mm-hmm. So I'm, it, I must have been just over the boundary line for that to take him with me on my own. Probably. But I can't quite remember definitively when that was. But I used to 
take my brothers over to see my grandparents, for example, in the UK. Um, but also just did a couple of vacations on my own as well, which is quite nice. Yeah. Um, I once had to bring my, my sisters at the time she was 16 or 15, mm -hmm. I think. And I had to bring her to the airport so she could fly back to South Africa. Um, only we got up too late and she missed the flight. Oh dear. Uh, but we got rebooked for free to the next day. <laughs> Thank well you, done. KLM. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, so she has still had to do, she had to do it accompanied for some reason. Yeah, I think it also depends how far the distance is or how long the um, flight might be. I don't know. There's lots of factors to take into account. Um, but I've, I've always loved flying. It's, uh, it's one of my yeah. favorite things to do. Yeah. I always used to find it very exciting. I just but alone. I love doing it. I hate doing it with my family. <laughs> no, I don't know that I hate doing it, but. I think travel is something in inanely personal. Mm -hmm. like and especially when you're in that phase of growing up and you're not quite autonomous enough yet mm -hmm. um having to do your sort of travel rituals and routines whilst under the watchful eye of your parents is probably not the nicest thing to experience um but even now even traveling now other people's ways of traveling irritate me so mm -hmm. <laughs> um but I think everyone kind of experiences this. Everyone has their own sort of time frame and stuff. It's just because I think we're both quite used to like airports, basically. Yeah. Um, and some people aren't. Um, and they'll literally be running around like headless chickens, which I mean, isn't their fault. I mean, I'm just going to throw it into the pool. It's a lot of like middle class white privilege that we've yeah. been able to fly quite a lot. Mm -hmm. um, but it's also part of our our upbringing in terms of being international yeah. culture kids. Um but having said that, I even to this day, when I meet people that have never been on a flight, I'm a little bit like, what do you mean you've never been on a flight? And I have to kind of check check in with myself a little bit and go, yeah. not everybody's been on a flight at all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wish I could remember the first time I was ever was on a plane, but I was too young. I yeah, I don't remember at all. I have some distinct memories of several flights I've been on. Mm -hmm. But I know for a fact the first flight I was on, I was far too young to remember I would have been... I don't even think I was a year old. The, the My very first flight I can remember, uh, we were flying from, I think from Switzerland. No, I don't know. We were flying from somewhere to Amsterdam. Mm -hmm. And my mum was pregnant uh, with one of my sisters. I'm not entirely sure which one this was. Um, and we were circling Schiphol. It was stormy weather. Uh, we were going up in like turbulent, a lot of turbulence. <laughs> My mum was feeling ill. She just bought me a toy airplane and I kept pretending it was crashing. <laughs> and yeah, really, really instilling that sense of calm in everybody and, on the flight. Yeah. And my mum uh, yeah, was, you know, nauseous and everything. So apparently it was the worst flight ever for her. <laughs> Smooth. Yeah. That's always helpful. Yeah. So, but that was, that's the first one I can ever remember when I was from being young and on a plane. Yeah. I mean, I also have quite a different experience with flying because we used to fly um, commercially to mm -hmm. go to different countries. But additionally, because my dad was a pilot, he was also able to rent sort of very small aircraft or seater aircraft. And um, I remember particularly one year we were going to go and visit some family friends somewhere else in the UK. 
and neither my parents could be bothered to drive so my dad suggested they fly (laughs) um (laughs) and that's exactly what we did we just rented an airplane for the day and got on this tiny little aircraft and my dad took us into the the local airfield yeah wherever we were going I can't remember where it was now um and we went and had dinner with these people and enjoyed the day. And then we got back on the plane and came home. So, <laughs> so freaking cool. Um, yeah. So it was a very cool way of growing up, really. Mm. We didn't, obviously, we didn't do it a huge amount, but, you know, no. we, we used to go to all the air shows and stuff as well. Yeah. So flight has been such a huge part of my, my growing up mm. that it was something I associated with, you know, excitement and travel and you know, nice days out and spending time with the family. And that sort of started to change later on. But I know that we're going to get into that in a bit. But in general, I did enjoy flying. And I do, I do still enjoy flying to a certain extent. I think there's something very surreal about being able to look out the window and see the ground below you. Mm -hmm. And all that, you know, everyone has that movie moment where they look out the window and imagine like some beautiful song playing in the background <laughs> they're in some part of their own story um but I think everyone has experienced that kind of joy yeah I I I've just like my favorite part about flying across Africa basically from you know from the very north from from Amsterdam down to Joburg mm. it was a 12-hour flight and you leave in the morning and you arrive in the evening and you know you first you fly over the alps yeah and then you kind of hit it's mediterranean and it's just like blue and then all of a sudden desert for like hundreds of kilometers thousands of kilometers and it's just so surreal and it looks like you're flying over mars or something yeah i think there's something quite magical about the whole experience especially if you travel across continents yeah okay part one complete i believe fabulous covered tea time it's tea time exactly we'll be back after what we can only describe as possibly a very very short break welcome back from that very short break um now we want to talk about how we both prepare for flights and traveling in general, and mostly flights on flights, because that's what we're talking about today. So, Ollie, how do you prepare to get on an airplane? Um, I mean, in fairness, my preparations have changed slightly as well. So in general, I guess it would be the build-up, like the week before you make sure you know where your passport is, because that's like one of those things I constantly (laughs) worry I don't have with me all the time, even though I know damn well it's in my bag. Mm -hmm. Um, And obviously packing kind of anticipating the weather wherever I'm going to be making sure I've got plenty of space in my bag and possibly leaving a little bit of space over depending on where I'm going because I know I'm inevitably going to buy candy and presents for people and all that kind of stuff um but also I know it sounds really silly I'm going to sound really neurotic (laughs) opposed to every other episode we've ever done obviously um but I will also consciously think about what I'm going to wear that day yeah, no, def- that's totally not weird. Like, I don't want to be farting about with a pair of boots if I mm-hmm. can have some slip-on sneakers. Exactly. No, and I know not, I'm going to go no security. belt. You know, not. Yeah. Actually, you just want to be wearing Velcro, like. Velcro I mean, shoes. sweatpants. <laughs> yeah. Velcro shoes or even slip-ons are better. Yeah. Um, minimal jewelry. And if it's cold outside when you're going to the airport, sure you can wear a jacket. 
but pop that Cram thing right that back in, in your, your suitcase <laughs> in your suitcase straight away before um, you check it in yeah 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 because you're most likely you're not going to need it where you're going unless you're going to the alps or like hmm. somewhere cold um airports aren't that cold Oh, and layers. I'm big on layers because I know that some aircraft, depending on the size, the um, the ventilation and the air conditioning is, can get really cold. Mm, yeah. Um, especially if you're flying at night. I always forget just how cold it gets in a plane. Um, mm-hmm. Opposed to flying at like, I don't know, midday when the sun is streaming through the window, you stay nice and warm. Yeah. So, and how, how good are you at going through security? Me? I have this down. I'm not even kidding. Record time, in and out, no problem. Yeah. I think that was something our family got down really, really good. I mean, obviously, mm. my dad is so used to it yeah. that he can just do his own thing. But we all used to get, you know, you get those trays to go in the x-ray machine. We used to, there's five of us, we used to get one each. And we'd put jacket, any extra bits and pieces that you had on, shoes, that would go through. And then we'd all get another one and all our bags went in there and we'd already turned everything off, all our phones are out, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm one of those people that holds onto my passport when I walk through. Oh, yeah. Because um, I know a lot of people put their passport in the x-ray machine. Yeah, um, I do that. Yeah, I refuse to let go of my passport. At yeah, okay, point. that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so it's pretty smooth. Mm-hmm. the only catch I got as, as I got older I um, realized that I was being um, you know uh, the, the metal detected more yeah. often with, with the handheld bits um, especially once I hit my teenage years and I and like I used to get more nervous then because obviously like as a as a woman you know I had a bra on and that would always buzz it inevitably and you just kind of think oh my god what are they gonna do uh, but now, of course, especially in Amsterdam, we've got these beautiful x-ray machines that you just stick your arms up yeah. and the whole thing goes around you. And it's, yeah. <laughs> um, but then my other thing about security is obviously once my bag comes through the other side, um, I think I've just been sort of Pavlovd into this kind of behavior, but I won't let my bag and my stuff out of my sight, even at security. Mm-hmm. Um because um, obviously I have slightly more information about how the legalities of things work at airports. Mm -hmm. They're not allowed to open your bag with their back to you, for example, and you can shout at them. You can be like, take your hand out of my bag. Yeah. Um, (laughs) You never know what they might be putting in there as well that, you know, all those kind of things. So I tend to be like peak on edge at security, but I'm pretty smooth sailing as I go through. Hmm. how about you have you ever Um, had that awful sense of dread they're gonna find something that you definitely didn't put in your bag well I got a bit worried at once because um I had a for a while I was photographing parties um (laughs) as a kind of like a side gig yeah um, for like student a student organization uh and obviously at these parties uh beer goes flying sometimes and you'll accidentally bump into someone who's smoking weed in the smoking room yeah and you're not you never supposed quite to. know where you're back you never in. well no yeah that as well and you know stuff lands on your camera is an old camera so it's not that meh whatever um but uh my camera got picked out and they had to swab it at one point because they thought there was something in it <laughs> now see it's interesting that you say that because my cameras always get swabbed yeah it's weird um, isn't it 
and this is not necessarily been a recent thing, but I obviously I also shoot film. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, that's that also uh... film can't go through the X ray machine. Can it not? It's oh, because it'll uh, yeah yeah because it'll because it degrades it, especially if it's already got photos taken on the film. Yeah, but you can't put it in your um, carry on or in your um, you can't check, put it check. No, because it's incredibly flammable. Yeah, exactly. Um, So you have to put it in one of those Ziploc bags and then you Uh, have to ask them specifically not to put it through the x-ray machine. Yeah. Um, And it's the same with cameras. Um, My dad always tells this hilarious story because my dad's also big on his photography. Mm -hmm. Um, That they, he put one of his cameras through, through security and the woman there was desperately trying to turn it on. And but it's a film I, camera. It's a film camera, it's completely <laughs> manual. It has no power source. Yeah. That's how it works. And mm. it's totally mechanical. Um, and she didn't believe him. And um, and he's there in his uniform, you know, he has to try and be courteous to them and stuff. He's representing the airline. Yeah. Um, but he got more and more frustrated the more and more she fiddled around with it because he was so worried she was going to open the back of the camera mm-hmm. um, and destroy all his film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, it's things like that that like i'm i'm sort of more edgy about just because i want to make sure that it's done right mm-hmm. and that actually it doesn't damage my stuff yeah no that makes sense yeah i've i don't know i've sometimes my stuff will get open but i think that's more just due to the fact that i uh carry nicotine gum with me basically everywhere i go and they're like mm. what are those and i'll be like it's probably the nicotine gum <laughs> yeah for sure um and cosmetics and things you yeah. know i always have to like remind myself that my lip balm needs to go in the Ziploc bag as well. And yeah. I usually forget. Honestly, I just make it easy for myself. I don't bring any of that stuff. I just well, this put is, it all this in is the... the point. We're talking about prep. I try and get rid of all the unnecessary things out yeah. of my bag. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, uh, before I even leave the house, I make sure that my phone is charged, my power bank's up, um, my headphones are charged, which is something new. You kind of, you, you know, I don't have... Uh, headphones with a cable anymore except for the ones I'm wearing now but I don't take some play with me uh but my earbuds you know I have to charge those up uh, I have to make sure the case is charged oh yeah no it's that inevitable night before you've got like an extension plug with like six slots yeah. <laughs> the whole thing is filled up with things you need to charge yeah exactly and then actually I haven't gone on a plane since I've gotten the earbuds I have now and I just know for a fact if I am ever on a plane for six for, for three hours or longer Actually, no, if I'm on a plane for one hour, these ones will go because I've been wearing those earbuds since I got to the airport mm. until I get out of the airport, which, you know, all in all together could be an hour and a half plus an hour flight plus another, you know, they'll run out. So, so I tend to, that's a problem. <laughs> yeah. So I have uh, my Bluetooth headphones, obviously, because they're just really easy and functional, but simultaneously, I always take a cabled pair as well, just in case. Yeah. But I'm one of those people that doesn't have an iPhone, so I still have connections on my phone. So yeah. I don't need to worry about actually taking the additional bit of cable and all that kind of stuff as well. I have an iPhone. <laughs> we know. <laughs> um, my only other question for you about sort of getting prepared to get on the flight. Mm-hmm. Got through security, you've checked in, all of that. What do you do in the terminal? Oh, oh, you always I have drink, to kill time. I drink a lot. Of, <laughs> are you the kind of person that will get there three hours before just to hang out, or are you gonna, um, if, you know, hair ass it through the terminal? No, I'd rather be there like three hours in advance and figure out, you know, where I have to be. 
Because mm. these days, uh, I don't know, like it doesn't often tell you where your gate is anymore until you're actually at the airport. That's very true. A lot of the time, which they is hold that information until you're kind of annoying because you know I don't want to say I know Skipple like the back of my hand because I don't, uh, but I just like knowing where I have to go. So I can look up online the day before. <laughs> so Yeah, so this is an added benefit of my growing up in the Netherlands is that actually, mm. depending on which airline I'm on, I already know which wing of the terminal I need to yeah. Um And nine times out of ten, I can pretty much guess which gate it'll be. Yeah, I mean, it is kind of set in stone, like where certain flights leave from, uh, or certain wings at least exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah. But no, other than that, I like to go to the bar in the airport and drink overpriced beer. <laughs> well done. Because I don't know, the moment you get to the airport at six in the morning and you still have to wait for three hours, it's for some reason socially acceptable to start drinking <laughs> at, at seven o'clock in the morning. It's great because the Irish pub at the airport will always be packed mm. for some reason. <laughs> um, and yeah, everyone just starts drinking at six a.m. It's great. I love it. Yeah, I think I always kind of experienced airport terminals as like these strange worlds where like mm-hmm. there's actually no sense of time yeah. because everyone is kind of halfway in the middle of a journey slash they've been up for 12 hours already or they've just woken up and everyone kind of meets in the middle. I mean, you can buy clogs together with, you know, uh, Swiss chocolate and, and an extra hamburger all at the same time at like four in the morning. Yep. It's amazing. I love it. <laughs> true okay um yeah okay so end of part three two uh, part two part two yeah okay. yeah i feel i feel like both of us are pretty we've got this down we're yeah, pretty prepared totally. like we kind of know what to expect sometimes things throw you for a loop and you just kind of it knocks you off kilter for a minute and then you just get right back into the throw of things yeah so... i think we've kind of forgotten our uh podcast is called totally underqualified i mean i think we both feel pretty qualified to do this (laughs) i'm not necessarily qualified to do it but i've done it often enough now to kind of have learned how i like to do things yeah 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 yeah. exactly underqualified to deal with things going wrong obviously Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah (laughs) um yeah i don't want any kind of strip searching or anything like that no no definitely not (laughs) surprising um (laughs) charming um, okay, so our underqualifiedness is 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 minimal at best for this one. Yeah, I feel like we may get more into it in a minute. I feel like season two is less underqualified and more huh, maybe a little bit qualified. Yeah, we're kind of tooting our own horns here a little. Yeah, bit. Yeah, a little bit. Welcome back to part three of episode 12, or if you're thinking in seasons, episode two. Um, Bob and I are currently discussing our level of underqualifiedness in terms of flight and air travel. But I feel like we may have sounded a little overconfident in the first two parts, just because I know what's coming up in this one. (laughs) I don't ever, I don't think I've ever done anything awful on a like on a journey with a flight that's not true I was once actually almost too late for a plane uh, because I didn't wake up in time Mm. that was once um I once caused my sister to miss her flight but then got that rebook for free so you know pretty good it worked out in the end Yeah. yeah I've never missed a flight 
I've almost missed a flight and it's the only one I've ever almost missed. And it was mm-hmm. like the one time I wasn't with anybody being responsible for me <laughs> <laughs> where actually we had loads of time and they actually moved the flight forward without telling us. Oh, that's stupid. Yeah. And the next thing we know, I am literally grabbing my friend's stuff and my own and saying, I know where we're going. I'm going to run mm-hmm. and I'm just going to hope to God you follow me. Because That's if we don't weird. get on this flight, we're screwed. <laughs> but why would they like move it forward? That's just dumb. I think they had an earlier window and it obviously it had been delayed and then we oh. assumed it was fine. I yeah, can't yeah, yeah. quite okay. remember the circumstances, but for whatever reason, we were late and holding up the flight. Um, <laughs> I have never run so fast in my life. Hmm. I mean, I'm talking screaming at people to get out of the way of running, <laughs> yeah? Because this is amsterdam and it's a big airport and yeah. it has very long pathways that you yeah that's okay that's one of the things i don't like about the airport amsterdam is just how much you have to do claw walking sometimes walking Ugh. um but I yeah the, that was quite um, that was quite a sort of oh my god i i actually used to be good at this i can't believe i'm almost late for a flight that was yeah. quite jarring but um for me like kind of one of the weirder or kind of crappy experiences I've had on planes or stuff like that one time I spent five and a half hours on a plane that didn't move out um we were at the airport in Uganda and Jebby airport um on our way to Holland um and we got on the plane and it's a KLM plane you know like it's not like ooh, it's this plane gonna fall out the sky. It's not a ratchet. It's like not. Really it's not like some it's like propeller nice DC three yeah, okay. kind of thing. But it's you know it's a modern plane, Boeing seven eight seven. You know, <laughs> and the pilot uh, comes up and he's like, "Oh, um, I can't can't get one of the AC systems to start up." I'm like, "Okay, no so oxygen he, for you on this yeah. flight." <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so he said there were like two more, but the third one wasn't starting. So whatever and uh he spends the next five hours starting and stopping that system and then after five hours he's like okay we can't go anymore because if i start flying now even if i can get it working uh, i won't be allowed to fly it because it's been past that window of time and there's no backup pilot or co-pilot you know it's not so yeah i spent six hours on a plane um or five and a half hours on a plane I mean, shit happens. Yeah. Uh, Um, It's already difficult enough spending a long time on a plane sometimes. And then (laughs) when it was five and a half hours. So again, being privy to certain bits of information sometimes, it's a blessing and a curse. Oh, yeah. Because uh, I remember distinctly once I was going to travel with my grandma or something and um, the plane had pulled in and, you know, the people that were in the flight had already got off and we were waiting to board. And something went wrong. There was a little bit of smoke coming out of one of the engines. And nine times out of ten, it's fine. It's usually some kind of bird that got in and caught fire or whatever. Um, but it was, so we were delayed by like an hour and a half, two hours. And then, of course, they all just merrily went, okay, guys, plane's ready. On you get. <laughs> and, of course, everyone around you is going, but the plane was on fire like two minutes ago. Um, are you sure? Um, but things like that so i know that there is a certain type of of sticky tape that they Mm -hmm. can use on airplanes it's called speed tape um 
it's extremely expensive stuff and mm-hmm. this sellotape can like withstand up to like so many miles per hour without coming off and they'll quite merrily patch up a wing with that kind <laughs> of stuff yeah. um and i recognize it obviously if i'm sitting too close but um yeah i think in terms of like bad experiences i've not had any horrific experiences no you know touch wood I've had some pretty decent experiences. The only time I had quite a harrowing time was uh, my long haul flight to Mexico. Um, Mm. Charter flight, fine, no problem. It had to stop in Cuba. So it would have to land in Cuba, stick around on the ground for an hour and then take back off to hop over that last bit of water to Mexico. Yeah. No problem, except that actually we were about to hit in a massive storm over over the Atlantic. Mm -hmm. And... um, it's like a 12 hour flight we're all kind of trying to get comfortable and settle in because it's you know it's a late one and um and because of the anticipated turbulence they served our food in like the first hour (laughs) and then after that there was no opportunity to have anything else it was just like 11 hours of nothing (laughs) um with very very rocky turbulence (laughs) um which was you know interesting um not the most comfortable but again not a bad experience it was no irritating i'm trying to think i was once on a flight uh uh, on iceland air and iceland air is like you pay for everything Mm. right i was like fuck it i'm on this plane for so many hours six hours or something i'm gonna or get a beer you know want to have a drink why not a lot of my stories and flying and stuff involve beer in the end but um <laughs> i wanted to buy one but my card because it was just a dutch card it wasn't a credit card it didn't work but then the flight attendant gave it to me for free oh see that was such a positive nice experience. experience yeah it was such a positive experience Long so, live the scandies i'm sorry the scandies do things well all of those kind of yeah areas are super amenable and really kind i've had flights where the where the crew have obviously had a really rough shift mm-hmm. are not feeling it at all um especially if i am traveling from the uk back to the netherlands i usually always bring the cabin crew some some treats mm-hmm. um if anybody ever goes on a klm flight bring the crew crunchies from the crunchies. UK. crunchies they're like honeycomb chocolate coated like candy bars um yeah, the crew love crunchies. And especially if you've got a late flight, they've obviously, you know, been flying all day. They will appreciate it. And you never know, you may get free shit out of it. Nice. Um, and it never hurts to introduce yourself as well. No. Okay. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, so in terms of like experiences, it's not that bad. Other than this newfound fear, right? I have a flying. Yeah. I <laughs> don't quite know where it's come from. Um, it's very. It's always been a bit surprising when you tell me you've got a fear of flying. I'm like, but your dad was a pilot. I've flown like, my whole life. It's yeah, really terrifying to me. Um, but however, when, like, when was the last time you were on a plane? Two years ago in the summer. And were you like, yeah, scared Ben? Oh wow. yeah, no. Don't, don't get me wrong. I have been on flights since this fear of flying came. Oh, okay. Down. Yeah. Um, not that it's gone very well, but um, I can actually get on the plane. Mm. It's just a, 
I mean, it's it's anxiety. It's travel anxiety. Uh, is it like a flying. is it like a thing where you kind of start thinking about like worst case scenario and yeah. this plane going down and so, that kind of stuff? Yeah, unfortunately, like I said, the extra knowledge I have is both a blessing and a curse. Mm. Um, and it used to be a really cool thing that I knew about flying. <laughs> yeah, the anxiety creeped in and uh, actually now uses it against me. So, <laughs> um, But for example, I know how many seconds it should take you to take off after you start accelerating down the runway before you run out of ground. Mm-hmm. I won't think about that until we start accelerating down the runway <laughs> and my brain goes, you should start counting down. <laughs> um, so there are certain scenarios where I'm not a huge mm-hmm. fan, but additionally, actually part of the, the way I manage it is to look up certain things. So if I can understand exactly why certain types of turbulence happen, when it happens, I can kind of justify it in my head. Those kind of things. I avoid things like air crash investigation. These so, days. okay. So like for <laughs> me, um, anytime, like the week, the, the week before I get on a plane, I always end up watching like yeah, about 50 different episodes of air crash investigation. I used to be so interested in this and I've realized actually I need to stay far, far away from it. And I'll like download movies like Sully and flight, flight. <laughs> yeah and stuff like that and i'll watch that on the plane oh, yeah. on my speakers I'll, See, no, I, I won't do it on, on my speakers <laughs> <laughs> that makes you quite a hardcore flyer though yeah <laughs> but like also stare f- death in the face and well, go, it's, not really, it's, it's not really staring death in the face just watching <laughs> um and uh what else did i do i i mean i play a lot of i used to play a lot of flight simulator yeah see uh so i've sat in cockpits before yeah i've sat you know i've actually i mean i've i've flown a plane once or i've flown a plane before not a huge one obviously because that's definitely not okay um but uh yeah in general i'm quite comfortable i've sat on the jump seats before which are the the fold down seats that the crew use um bits and pieces like that it's quite interesting to see the behind the things things yeah but uh, so, but uh, just back to, to circle back around to your fear of flying. By all means. You you were getting. I'm not sure if you're comfortable to talk about it, but you were getting some therapy with like yeah, flashing we mentioned, lights. We, so it's not flashing lights. Oh, okay. We mentioned this um, last episode actually. Um, there are certain uh, therapy techniques to help deal with you know anxiety or any kind of sort of trauma mm-hmm. um and because my reaction to flying these days is so visceral um it's being treated as trauma mm-hmm. um and part of that treatment is something called emdr uh basically it's about rapid eye movement so it's often portrayed in, t- in movies with like a big sort of led bar that spins back and forth okay but you can actually just do it with like someone's hand floating in front of you mm-hmm. Um, and the idea is that actually it puts you in a headspace where you are in the worst case scenario in your head mm-hmm. um, and slowly and gradually you're sort of retraining your brain to recognize that actually nothing's wrong mm-hmm. and that you're actually just kind of fooling yourself um, but it gives you an opportunity to process that scenario before you're in that scenario Okay. so this is a lot of the prep that I've been doing for this this upcoming flight because this will be the first time I fly alone since my fear I've always had someone with me and this time all on my lonesome so um yeah so I guess my my flight prep is is more 
mental expansive now I think ex- you know, yeah, I've not- all the standard pack in my bag and everything but additionally I need to have you know my breathing techniques under control and I need to make sure that my list of reminders about certain things is with me in my bag and um that you know I might avoid caffeine the day before for mm. example just to kind of keep my levels at bay yeah well I look forward to seeing you in a striped jacket being pulled onto a plane rocking back and forth it'll be fine yeah. I'm uh, I'm feeling prepared so. I think you'll be fine yeah I don't know have you ever had a moment where you got you know you have that little bit of no creep in not at all I had a guy uh, on jo- the Joburg airport has only got runways facing in uh, like one direction or two mm-hmm. directions you know uh, whatever and basically that means if you got crosswind on landing it sucks <laughs> crosswinds are hilarious yeah. uh, it's for people who don't know what it means, it means that the uh, wind is coming from the side and is pushing the plane to the side. And, and in order to land the plane, they actually have to turn the plane sideways. Which is called crabbing. Yeah. Um, anyway, it's a very exciting moment on a plane. Uh, and you kind of do get thrown about a little bit, which is why you should wear your seatbelt. Um, <laughs> but I had a guy sitting next to me uh, who I hadn't talked to for the entire flight. And he suddenly grabbed my arm <laughs> when we made oh, that sudden him. when we when we when we made <laughs> that sudden movement uh, as we touched down, and it was quite a hefty movement. I was like, "Oh, that's like kind of intense." intense yeah. But I was just like, oh, "Fine." And this guy grabs my arm, and then after was like, "Oh, I'm sorry." <laughs> like, "Oh, it's fine." I think I it's such a natural reaction, though, to fear is to reach out to someone else and see if they're feeling the same way. I have to think of that song from Bright Eyes uh, at the bottom of everything. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I I oh, these days I let the crew know that I'm a nervous flyer. Um it's something you can do on any flight if you are a nervous flyer is just let them know and they actually kind of they make a point of looking out for you which is good. Yeah. Um but simultaneously I'll gently in a non-threatening way <laughs> let the people sitting next to me know if I'm on my yeah. own. Or if someone's on my other side, I say, look, I can get a little bit upset. I'm really sorry. Um, Just ignore me or talk to me about something completely irrelevant. You know, tell me what you do for a living. It's fine. Um, I'm an air crash investigator. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that that would definitely not help. Um, (laughs) But I, you know, I'm quite open about it. There's no shame there at all. It's just not a helpful thing to have if you have to travel. No. Um, Okay. Yeah. Bad experiences, not so much. Uh, ability to handle imaginary bad experiences in my head, maybe a little less. Um, but in general, I mean, I could never fly one of those planes. Definitely not qualified to do anything no. like that. And it's um, also been proven. You know those like age-old stories if like the plane is going down and someone's like a passenger sits in the uh, cockpit and talks to the tower there's no way you can land that plane no right? there's there way too many no way anyone can talk you through that it doesn't no. work that way it's total farce <laughs> well good luck with that thank uh, you very much and i'll talk to you soon yes definitely and uh <laughs> and hopefully we'll be back next week yeah or within the next month mm, exactly oh and before i forget if you do want to reach out to us you can reach us on totally underqualified at gmail.com uh, on instagram at totally underqualified or on twitter at totally uq yep all right bye